Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. John and I am back, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am here with Sketch Magazine publisher Bob Hickey, Sketch Magazine editor Bill Nichols, and tonight we are talking about inking. How are you doing tonight, guys? Hey, John. Doing great. John, doing good. Good to have you back, bud. Thank you very much. And we got a letter from one of our favorite listeners uh, who asked us about inking techniques. Uh, Now, knowing that you are two guys that know how to throw a paintbrush around, I thought it'd be a good idea to probe your brains about some inking techniques that you have used over the years. Uh, what, What kind of inking techniques do you both prefer? Uh, for me, I usually I still stick with the standards. Uh, I have a Winsor Newton Series Seven uh, Number One brush, and also which is great for hair and other stuff. But uh, and a Hunt One Hundred Two Crowquill and other tech pens. Uh, not I don't remember the name of it, but uh, Bob gave me a set one time to do some stuff that we were inking on and uh, the rapidographs. Nah, no, I still have a whole set of them somewhere, but yeah. Now these are just—they give you a, a decent line, and hmm. uh, they don't smear, uh, depending on what paper you're using, I guess. But um, I mean, like I said, I mean personally, I, I more go with traditional stuff. I know that, and uh, the the listener is Greg Golombiski, and I may have messed up his last name. He'll let me know, hopefully. But Greg's asked us a couple of questions before, and uh, we love that. Uh, keep it, keep it coming, Greg. Keep it coming, everybody. Yeah, we'll uh, take if you it. have, you know, if you have an experience at a show like he did at Pittsburgh Comic Con, says uh, he talked to Dexter Vines and uh, somebody else about inking and the techniques, and they go with some uh, unusual things like using an old shirt for textures and that kind of thing. But um, me personally. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I just straight, pretty straightforward. Um, if I needed something, I'll do it with a, you know, a, a quill and a brush. So, that's me. What about you, Bob? Um, I think I'm like any inker starting out. You know, I sort of researched and found out. You know, like Todd McFarlane used a Hunts 102, and a lot of the traditional inkers use brush. So I experimented with both, and I I still use it when I have the opportunity to, to ink comic pages. Um, I'll use a quill. I'll use a a a, a brush. A, a red say will usually a two. Um, but right now with like Clay'sway, it's so you know. Things just, I don't have my office set up. I'm still in a temp office. Um, a lot of times I slap a, a board right here on the computer table and go at it. 
So truthfully, I'm using microns, which I thought I'd never do, but I want that animated clean style for that project. So I'm just cranking out with microns and not really messing with the ink at the moment. Um, now, you know, we're talking about doing a Clayway comic, and there we're going to get a little bit different with it. We're going to go back to more of a traditional inking. We're going to go with a uh, what we like to call a Disney coloring job, where we color line the art, line art and stuff. So it's going to look a little different from the comic strip. But um, I've used quill pens. I've used, um, uh, you know, lettering tip pens. I mean, I, whatever razor blades, whatever it takes to get a job. To look the way I think it should look, um, you know, I'll use, I'll experiment with. What do you guys think about anchor reference? Um, now I know Steve Rude put out a really good book a few years ago. Actually, two Ac books. Now that I think of it, actually, Steve was the penciler, and he had. Oh, was Gary, uh, yeah, it was Gary Martin. Yes. Gary Martin. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I goofed that up, but uh. Yeah, there Sorry. was a really good inking book that came out. Oh a few yeah, years Dark ago. Horse put it out. Right, right. Um, um, what else? What other reference do you guys can you guys think of that'd be good for someone who's looking for inking stuff to look at, or even what people do you like that you think that you know people should go and go? Yeah, I need to look at this guy's comic or whatever. Well, I go ahead. If okay. I, I heard that breath. <laughs> go ahead, Bill. Uh, I used to have a reference file, you know, if I, because I used to haunt the, in our store we had a quarter bins. You know, if I found a, something uh, cheap or whatever, uh -huh. I used to have the, like, different, um, a, a, just a, a, an a art file where I would uh, look through, just especially early on, um, and sometimes. I would uh, have copies of things like um, I would find things like you know, Kevin Nolan, uh, Kyle Baker when he was inking some stuff from Marvel, just different people, uh, and not for I don't know, it's sort of like for inspiration to see what they had done, kind of thing. But also, when I would go to shows, I would look at the original art. Um, because you had dealers set up with stuff, and I like Mark Farmer. I, you know, there are a couple of Mark Farmer pages. Um, I could see how small his line would get versus how thick it would get, that kind of thing. And things that he would do, you could see that on the paper. You could see that for yourself. And then you could, you know, look at the comic and go, oh, you know, that sort of self. I don't know, taught maybe, but learning from others, being inspired by others, and, and seeing what can be done. What um, maybe you don't use the same technique or whatever, but um, to to me that stuff, learning about that stuff was always, you know, cool. Especially when you know I was going to shows and showing my portfolio and learning more and um, making that transition from. You know the person where they pick apart your page, you know your pages, to the the ones who are actually talking to you. Yeah. Um, that's a learning process. That's all a learning process. And I still have people who ask about that. But um, for you know for references, I, I used to keep that 
that stuff around. You know, so sometimes it's just handy to look through and get inspired, and that, that's kind of what I look for, the cool stuff. So, because I've said before, I like clever, I like cool, and to me, Kevin Nolan was, and Gary Martin was, um, Tim Townsend, there's a few others, Dan Green, you know, some of the classics, and, um, Did you say Terry Austin? Uh, yeah, I had, well, I had all those, fan, you know, the, all that, not Fantastic Four, but the, uh, X-Men. the X-Men's and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, I had all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But now you use the internet rather than a, <laughs> rather than a, you know, a paper file of some sort? Well, you could, but I never look up other people's inking stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll look at DeviantArt and see what people have posted and stuff, but I don't study the line the way I used oh, to. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you can. That's a handy because it's right there. Mm-hmm. Right. And plus, you can sort of blow it up if you um, find one of those more, more images where you can click and you can just look, you know, reduce it down and or zoom in. So that's handy. Um, well, some uh, back in the day, you remember um, comics interview and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they would reproduce pencils and inks back then, before we had all these collections of books. And man, we get a Mark Savastri or we get a Jim Lee interview. As much as the interview, I want to see what kind of art they threw in those interviews, you right. know? Because that's behind-the-scenes stuff, either pencils and inks, and oh, those were great. Um, and then. In the past few years, Marvel's been doing these big, thick, black and white collections on newsprint. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Yeah. And those are great because, you know, they're doing a lot of the old school guys like Bashima and, and Kirby. But then, you know, they've done it with some Jim Lee X-Men and Mark Silvestri and, and uh, Art Adams stuff. So you can really affordably for how many pages in there, you can get your hands on some finished ink stuff and you can see that the size that is being published at what it looks like you could take it on a scanner a copier and blow it up if you want to see it you know approximately 11 by 17 that's one way to sort of really look at the uh, line thickness Um, but i really suggest that when you're inking a piece is to scan it or go to copier and reduce it down to publish size so you can see if your line quality is holding up your thickness is holding up your texturing or whatever you're doing is going to hold up when it's reduced down small. Right. One tip that I use all the time. Yeah, I, I used to, we had a copier in our store, and I would, and that's when I was in Apple Five too. So between those two things, you know, I, of course that's pre-internet really. Yeah. But um, you know, I get feedback from other people as to maybe what reads and what didn't, uh, what worked, what didn't. So. Right. You know, all those things together, and doing a lot of shows back in the day. Yes. Well, that also leads to a question that uh, that kind of came up once with me. Um, do you all still lightbox? Do you all, or are you inking directly onto the pencils? Now, what I have are the blue line... Uh, Xeroxes, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're printed I, on Strathmore. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, they're printed on to, to that. So, what well, um, what we do is I got an HP printer that prints it on Photo Blue, John. Right. And I'll we'll scan the page, 
and go through it and take the line art and convert it to a blue print a uh, blue line Strathmore whatever series you know 400 series 300 series through that printer and put a really nice reproduction of the pencils in non-photo blue on that board mm-hmm. so you can ink on so you're not you know I'm inking over the original pencils um, I do ink over the original Claysway pencils, and the reason is selling the original artwork is part of, part of that gig. Right. Part of that gig is having one piece of artwork that we can sell and also make money from. So I do ink over most of the uh, pencils on that, but that's just a deal Jackie and I have. Most of my comic work at this point in time, I would scan and ink over the non-photo blue since it's available. Um, Lightbox, not as much, just because no matter what, you seem to lose a little bit, especially if there's a thin line. Um, man, I don't know how many times I fought that, or I put bl- lights in there so bright it's like when I blind you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one of the first things I ever did for you, Bob, was um, uh, it was a penciler who had inked his own stuff. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about. And I just could not see through. Um, I couldn't see through the, you know, the light box that I, I between having two layers of paper, I couldn't. There was right. no way. Right. So, because uh, we were trying, I don't know. It, we're trying to clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, when I did samples back in the day, I used to ink on vellum. Oh you know, my god. It's different. Well, I kind of liked it there for a while. But um, if you t- and I still have those. If you touched it, it smeared. So it took a while for that ink to dry on that vellum plastic. Oh. Well, yeah, but once you know, after after a while, it's it's like any other, not skill, but you know, you, you sort of get used to that. It's not me, because I, I ink. I jump all over a page. I'm not just inking yeah. left or right or whatever. I'm like inking this oh. and bounce over here and bounce over. I guess that's a little bit of my ADD in me. You know, even inking, I'll jump around. And oh, I hated doing acetate or frosted acetate. Well, I had some high-grade stuff that was like plastic. Yep. I ate some. Uh, Gary Barker used to make me copies of stuff that he was doing, and he did the, an issue of the Hulk. I think it was a man thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, I remember those. Mm-hmm. Three eighty-nine, I think. And um, man, uh, if you. You had to be careful about the ink, the, about the uh, oils on your hand because yep. if they got on the 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 uh, vellum, the ink wouldn't hold, so your line would break right at that point. So, so if you had a fingerprint, then you, yeah, you're rigid, yeah. So, uh, well, you had to go back over it, and there was ways to do it, but it's more time consuming, but. I used to, uh, I guess, a lower grade maybe, mm-hmm. that was more not onion skin, but it was higher than that. But I could see through it; it worked well. I could get it in pads, and I ate a lot of stuff on that stuff. I ate a lot of the things that I've run on my gallery, like on uh, the, especially the stuff that I inked on of Gary's, were things that I had originally inked on vellum, because I had Xeroxes. Because one time Gary just, you know, asking for something, and he sent me back this packet of character pieces and I have original art, you know, original Gary Barker pencils and stuff. And, um, you know, I was just playing with vellum 
and I, I was thinking a lot on that. And then Mark Hester worked at at Kinko's in Louisville, and they, they had a couple of, of comic book artists up there, and they they started playing with the uh, the levels mm-hmm. at Kinko's, and you know found the the levels for um, to reproduce into Blue Line, right? Uh, and so. Uh, Mark, I was making copies for. I made copies for John. I made copies for Jerry Foley. I made copies for Mark. Uh, when I get stuff from Marvel or DC, and I, Mark would recopy those into onto Blue Line, and then just onto Bristol, and uh, he'd just go, you know, go at it on the board. And then when he he did the Xerox, it came out the black. Just whatever he had inked was left over. You know? Right. It, it filtered out. So. Um, Knowing people like you know that can do that stuff, that I guess have the time and the patience maybe to figure that stuff out. I mean, I ink all over the page too, or I ink two or three pages at a time. So I can get somebody's hair really well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's like <laughs> I'm gonna try to ink this, you know, this panel's hair, you know, because sometimes it's just getting into a groove. Oh yeah, you know, and I'm a believer in the groove. <laughs> the groove. Like being in the groove. <laughs> um, what uh, what do you guys think uh, people shouldn't do as far as their inks? You know what what do you what do you guys think are kind of the you look at and go ooh rookie mistake or you know something like that as far as someone's inks? I think sometimes it's materials. Um, I mean you can, you can get lines or get pens that give you a good strong black line but you have to be careful with uh, especially if you make corrections or whatever that may not go over if you use liquid paper or white ink or whatever to correction stuff some some inks won't read over that it'll come out whatever base color it is like purple or you know right so your your line's not black so then you have to go back over it but maybe after that dries you might get another you might get a black line because it has something to hold on to, but um, really, that is that's a that's a big thing. It's materials. Um, if you're not careful, uh, uh, materials and choice of materials. Um, I've seen people that that will ink with a ballpoint pen. I mean, I used to back in the day just to play around, but when you don't go to shows. That is a style. I mean, that that could, that could be a style, mm-hmm. really. I see people you, sketching with that a lot lately. Well, there's some really cool ballpoint pens. I was just playing with the Sigma here, a Micron 207. That's officially a ballpoint pen. It's called a Uniball. But I'm telling yeah. you, it feels very nice. You know, it's not giving me well, any text, you know, any thin thicks. But as far as the solid blacks it gives me, sweet. That has been my pen of choice, to be honest, lately. But the thing I'm finding with it is that uh, you'll click it out and the barrel leaks. There'll be be ink around the barrel, yeah. Uh I I probably had maybe a dozen of those now, and I just, last week I wrote Uniball, and it wasn't a complaint, but it's like, well, this is a problem that I'm seeing. Because the first couple I had were great, and they lasted uh-huh. It seemed like, but yeah, the ink goes pretty quick because I use them maybe constantly. But I bought four packs, and like two out of the four, after just a little bit of time, that's without dropping them, without 
any kind of uh, trauma. Right. Uh, yeah, because because uh, you know when you put it back in your pocket, guess what? You got a stain on your pocket. Yeah. That's so why you have a pocket I, protector. Geek. <laughs> no. No. I mean, no lucky to pop. I never had one, so geek time. I ain't gonna start now. Geek time. So, uh, but I, I I know exactly which one you're talking about, and I do like it. Mm-hmm. But I've gone back to uh, the Uniball Vision. It's a you know you have to take the cap off just for writing. Right. But um, it's a gel. I think part of it is that it's a gel. Right. Not so much ink. Mm-hmm. I think it lays on the page more than the yeah, absorbs about, in. Right. It's something about a uh, check protector or something or other. I got that spiel when I got the email back. It's like, well, thank you for your participation. You know, I said, well, it's like I wanted to real answer, darn it. Well, I just I, I just want to give my heads up because, yeah. you know, I, I really liked it. And I don't want other people to have the same bad experience with, you know, their barrels leaking and stuff. But, you know, if I want to stick in a padded envelope and send it back, they'll, re- they'll replace it. It's like, do you know what kind of hassle that is? I hate hassle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, send me a coupon or something. Oh, I don't care. I'll just don't, I mean, you know, it's at this point, I've. Like I said, because then you got to go to the post office. Then you got to, right. you know, no. <laughs> no. All over a pen. <laughs> Just buy more from Blue Line. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Bob, I need some inking material. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff to ink with. Email my send, list. Send Bob. Uh, I've got plenty, so. Um, I, send I think, your list to Mike Hickey at Blue Line. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we always think, well, everybody's is traditional comic book artists. We probably have some manga artists that listen to this too. Oh, probably. And, uh, you know, I was so against microns for a while, but truthfully, I have tried many, many different ones. And I keep always coming back to the microns. I beat the crap out of them. I never use one. I never used the ink out of one before I break the tip, but that's probably just because that I'm coming old school and I'm probably putting too much, you know, leverage on it or whatever. Um, but for the price, I'm more than getting my cost out of them. And I just like the black I get, you know, it doesn't erase off as long as I take my time and really put, you know, ink well with it. Um, for quick inks, a manga style, I'm not saying manga styles, quick, you know, what I do at Clay's way is, is what I call a quick ink. Um, that, that microns are great. Now we experimented with, I just happened to have my inking packs box here and I must have removed those pins ah! um, I experimented with the uh, Millennium wasn't real happy with those they seem to race off a little bit and there's another there's a gray micron let me see if they're laying over here yes they are it is a uh, micron perm which I took to be permanent and again had a little bit of a bleed out of it. I didn't like it as much as just the beige microns. So um, that's sort of what I'm using with the Clay'sway. As far as blacks, um, Copic marker. What can I say? Um, um, Jackie drew some of the large, like the trading cards and stuff. She drew for me. Um, they were large size, a lot larger than the, the comic strips, and. <laughs> A lot of that that I normally would have inked with a brush, I inked with a brush tip Copic marker and had a blast with it. 
Um, so as long as you're careful, you can really get a line out of it, and a, you know, a thin thick. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Could I do a whole lot of detail with it? No. But just doing outlining, thin thicks, and separations, yeah. Yeah, I could. I had yeah, a lot I've of fun with, with it. that just a little bit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So. Um, actually, the emailer asked us, what do we use for texturing and stuff like that? And, um, of course, I asked Bill, what do you use for texturing, Bill? Nothing. Oh, that's Nothing. the answer I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I have. I've experimented. Make texture. That's right. I've experimented with, like, cheesecloth and cotton and shirts and, you know, anything. Um, just play with it. Get the right feel to it, you know. Um, I know with a cheesecloth, I was trying to get a, a sort of weird, loose cloth pattern out of it. And, of course, the first time you you got to sort of spread your ink out and dab it. Well, as soon as you start dabbing, you're getting nothing but black. It's black, black. So you got to really work it up until you just have the ink on the pieces. You know, it starts to get a, you know, a pattern. So when you try to experiment with that, don't stop just because you hit it a couple of times. You go, oh, crap, that didn't work. Keep playing with it, go and play with it. Release that ink off of there. And once you get to a certain level of ink on, on the product, then start making your patterns. Um one thing you can do, I've done this a little bit, like a cheesecloth or something like that where I want a, a weird textured pattern, is I'll, I'll, I'll get an ink, I'll stamp out a big page of it, then scan it in the computer or make it line art or an ES, uh, EPS, and then drop it into where I want it. Because then I can control it in Photoshop a lot easier. I don't have to mask and do all that stuff by hand. It doesn't give me a real nice piece of finished artwork with that pattern on it, but the finished piece for print does. So a lot of times you can create patterns and scan them in and drop them in, especially yeah. if you're if you have control of that end of it. A lot, a lot of today's a lot of times, inkers will scan in their inks and then send those to the publisher or whoever gets them next, the letter. So at that point, a lot of times you could drop in some patterns, and text fills, and screen tones and stuff like that. Screen tones. Have you used screen tones for your inking before? Like manga like, uh, zip, zip, yeah. Zip, zip, yeah. Well, I ain't, uh, when Jerry Foley did um, Kill Marvel and Kill Image, I, I did his tones. Did you? Because we found, uh, yeah, we found um, whatever that store, Electric Blue or whatever like, in Louisville. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I found some on sale. Some of them were just real weird patterns, like little palm trees and stuff that were for maps and stuff, mm-hmm. which were great for ties or... You know, just, you know, cookie stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I did his tones. And one thing I'd, I've done that I know you hate is, you know, spatter and Ugh. all that stuff. But I've used, you know, friskets and, you know, I'll just make a copy of that page and then take my uh, exacto knife, cut that out, the part that I want exposed. And, you know, toothbrush, boom. I don't mind splatter or stipple. I hate stipple. Yeah, I know. I hate stipple. Um, splatter, I don't mind as long as it's not used as a shadow or something like that because it's too organic. It can be used as an effect, a blood effect, yeah. an ink effect, or a splash effect, but for yeah, a shadow. Rocks. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I hate Well, we kind of make that old joke of you being old school. Uh, uh, Bill, what, what do you use to make texture when you want something to look textured, like a brick wall or. You know, something like that. Um, I'll use my say if it's a 
kind of depends on the, the you know the, really the brick wall or how far away it is you know if it's up close I mean you can go back in with um, you know take a white spatter sometimes and flip that on there and that that breaks your line a little bit um, you know you, then it sort of makes it more but you got to be really careful because you can way overdo it if it's just your line art if it's just you know the the wall itself but Otherwise, you can just take, um, like Bob said earlier, a razor blade or a, the tip of your X-Acto knife and just sort of knock, notch little cuts in the line. Um, or as you're inking, you maybe, um, depending on what you're using with, um, the tip, some tips are more giving and you can apply a little bit more pressure, take a little bit off. So even within the, a straight line, you can get some thick and thick, and it breaks up so that it doesn't read as mechanical. Right. It reads more as a line, you know, more organic line a little bit because bricks are more organic. So, um, When you all were talking before, I, I thought of a, a question concerning the types of uh, in the types of points on pins, um, how, do you prefer a particularly hard point or even a metallic point versus, say, a fairly soft, uh, you know, more felt tip-like point? Which one do you kind of favor as far as your inking goes? Well, for, for the actual straight lines and stuff, I, the one I have has more of a felt tip, I guess. It might be the is that a micron? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's across the room. So, but but I have the the hard. It kind of depends because sometimes you can just take that uh, uh, the hard and just flip, <clears throat> make little hash marks and stuff. Um, if because if you let up on pressure, it's kind of like uh, somebody was emailed me about a Wacom. You know, they had talked about. Uh, he, a friend of mine was looking to get one and um, yeah, I watched the video and stuff and I guess it says you uh, is it apply more pressure yeah. or take it off on the, the stylus you apply well, pressure it gets thicker yeah so the, so I sort of do that as a, with you know with a pen itself as a like if you're doing grass or, or so, something quick but you know, as far as um, say like feathering and stuff like mussels or hatching or whatever, then I'll just go back to my croquel. Again, it really depends on what I'm, if I want a straight line, that's what I'll use. It's more the tech, the, either, you know, the the pens. I worry about those with you know that stuff, but the actual inking stuff will be either the brush or the the quill. All right. Um, Bill brought up hatching. I want a quick tip here. Don't be in a rush when you're inking, especially when you've got a ton of hatching to do. You know, one thing you want to do, and Bill, I don't know how you do yours, but I will I will ha- do all my lines face going one way, give that page a few minutes to dry, and then come back in and cross in my cross hatching, allowing that ink to dry. So when I pull across them to do the hatching, I'm not pulling the paper up, which then causes problems of thickness and and you know splattering and or spider webbing out um allow that first those first hatches to dry i mean i'm not talking hours but a few minutes like get into the paper then it dry even if you put a fan on it throw it underneath the fan for a few minutes and then come back across you'll get a much cleaner line a much cleaner hatch 
than you would if you just do one way, do the other way, and boom. Oh, no. Especially if you're using a quill. Because you're, a quill, a lot of people blame the paper. Um, a lot of times a quill, you're cutting the top surface of that paper. If you're using right. anything that is metal or real hard, if you're cutting through the fibers, you're cutting into that paper. And that paper, I've always told everybody, it's like a sponge. It will absorb. Throw water on it. Tell me it doesn't absorb. So it's going to absorb that ink. And depending on how much ink you lay in it and uh, how much you cut the top of that paper is how, how much it's going to spread. So um, a, a funny thing is a, a well, well-known artist who has his own creator book. He's been an image. He comes and goes. He has a rock band. I'm not going to go any farther than that was yelling at us and has been honest for the past year because he's buying 500 series Strathmore Smooth and it's bleeding. And we're like, we don't make the paper. And, you know, he buys some, but he's unhappy with it. He buys samples, unhappy with it. We're like, why am I selling this to everybody else and nobody is having trouble with it? And every time we sell him some, he has trouble with it. Finally, Mike was talking to another artist was telling me about this ink. It's a real expensive ink, but it really sucks for ink and comics. It's way too thin, and it bleeds. Evidently, the, uh, the uh, I can't even think right now. It ain't dyes and inks. What is it? Um, what creates the black content in ink? Oh, uh... Yeah, I know okay. what you're talking about. Anyway, it, it's a powder called. is what it is. I'm not... Right, my, yeah, yeah, exactly. But evidently, it's really, really watered down. And so they say it's a wonderful black ink, but the problem is it's so thin that it really spreads no matter what. So Mike was talking to this other artist again, and he just happens to ask him, you know what, just what ink do you use? And it was that ink. Oh. So... Mike says, you know what, I was talking to this other artist, and he's had that same trouble, and he switched over to something, and he has no trouble. And the next day, that artist called her back and says, you know what, I've been giving you guys heck for a year. And all this time, I was blaming the paper when it was the ink. So I'm not saying it's not always, they can be the paper. you got to be careful. But you also go, you got to look, thicker the ink for me, the better. I, I mean, I've been known to leave a bottle of ink set open for a couple of days. And let it evaporate some and thicken up. Um, I, I know people cook it off. <laughs> They'll put it in a pan and boil some of that moisture out of it to thicken it really? up. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Uh, I know some guys who will boil it down. They'll take one bottle and boil it down and then cut it back with some other stuff. Pigment. Pigment's the word we were looking for earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, that's pigment. Because it just struck me that's, that way they're... They have control of how thick the pigment of the ink is. Oh, yeah. Some right. of these guys are crazy. But they're fun talking to them. Well, it's their jobs. They're like, you know, That's doctors. Cool. They have techniques. Yeah. And a lot of them takes Hunts 102 pen tips and sands them down even sharper. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so you know, there's a lot of things. Let's bring up one thing. Bill, how much do you use whiteout as an art tool? Not a cleanup tool, but as an art tool. I have before. You know, we talked about using blades and stuff like that to cut and to re remove ink. But, I mean, I know in, like, silhouettes of grass, I've been known to come through and cut in some blacks and come back in with a white and, and cut white strips back into blades of grass and stuff like that. Right. I used to have a, um, um, a rapidograph 
tip that just had it was just there was a certain white ink that I used and uh-huh. it's been a while since I don't but I don't remember. Was it F and W? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And um, yeah, I could use it for for that. So F um, F and W is good for pen tips or brush. Um, if you're just using a brush to really do it, then I would suggest Copic. Copic's a great whiteout that you can work back over. Yeah, this was back in the day before. Before we had Copic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now. There was I, a time before Copic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I just have, uh, you know, whiteout and stuff for correction stuff, but. Right. But if I need it, I can go. I still have a bottle of white ink cool. sitting on my table, so. Well, I know Bill, being old school, hasn't played with these at all. But uh, Bob, have you tried to see what the difference is with like the Prismacolor or the uh, Letra set, mm-hmm. or any of those? Yeah, You're I still... play with a lot of the different. Mike's been bringing in a lot of the pens and yeah, and pens, uh, pencils and and stuff here the past few months. I've been checking them out. Um, Letra set's nice. It's an ink. Um, my big thing is. As long as I, I get a clean line mm-hmm. and the barrel isn't plastic, it's some type of metal barrel, so it's not going to snap off four or five times using it, then I, I want to see how much of that ink is going through the pencil into the page. So when I erase, I'm not erasing that, that dye off. I'm not erasing that pen off. And the, you know, markers and stuff are dyes. They're not pigments. Right. Um, and another thing is, are they archival? Because if I sell that piece of artwork, I don't want it to turn blue in five, you know, five years. So, um, yeah, the Electra sets are good. Um, let's see, who else? Like I said, Micron's got some new stuff out. Secura, which I think is Micron also. Yes, they are. Um, yeah. They've got some new pen sets out. Um, uh, I come back to uh, Copic and their multi-liner sets. They're solid. They're, they're, their pigment is solid black. Um, pretty clean. It, it hangs. So, um I like them all. Um, don't get me wrong. There's been, like I was talking about the Uniroller. He's gotten some pens out. I thought, oh, that'd be cool. They bled like crazy once they hit the paper, you know. So I'm like, oh, nope, that won't work. But uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of cool little disposable tech pens out there, markers that can really play with and pull off some cool effects. Nice. <laughs> well, I hope we answered... Uh... Hope we answered his question, or at least got in the neighborhood of it. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Think think we did all right job on it? Yeah, I'm sure that there are other people who who are still um, learning and stuff, so it, it has touched somewhere. Cool. For, you know, somebody's gonna, you know, it's it's the information that somebody's gonna need. So. Well, you know, if we, if we didn't hit it this time. You know, we're going to give you an, an email at the end of this. Email it to us. You know, any any subjects we can get to talk about, um, we'll talk about. If we don't know it, we'll research it. So let's move on. John, you got a whole week of post. I tried to do your job last week, and I sucked. Couldn't do it, huh? Couldn't handle it. All right, I tried. Well, so what's going on at the Sketch Magazine blog at Comic Related? Well, um, kind of apropos that we were talking inking, because uh, there is an inking tutorial um, by a guy who's uh, highly regarded in the manga community. We were talking manga there for a few minutes, called Mike Crilly. And uh, he himself is using a micron here as 
you can see on the screen capture. And he's showing uh, all his entire process from roughs to finishes, which is nice because we don't often get full videos on these things. So, And he's also very informative of his process. He's a, he's a really decent... Uh, He's really good at that uh, that aspect of it being very uh, you know teacherly in his approach. So definitely check that out if you have inking questions. Uh, also hand drawing uh, by the guy who designs for Batman: The Brave and the Bold, the cartoon. Cool. Uh, Phil um, Etriadis, or however you say that. Um, but, yeah, really good thing on hands. A lot of people have trouble with hands. A lot of people who are established artists have trouble with hands. So, you know. Mm -hmm. um, check that out. Really good video. Uh, another one on inking. Uh, this uh, person, I believe, is using uh, a few Copic markers here. Uh, this is uh, inking with a pen, uh, as they put it. And it's inking a manga-style image, so it's very much in that style as well uh a little more involved tutorial on digital painting uh this uh, is from or at least the concept is from the movie sucker punch which i have not seen but you know i hear it's pretty good if you like that sort of thing so definitely check that one out and um i cannot do this guy's name either it's john castage castage or whatever uh, but this is a video, a long video, it's nearly a half hour, of his uh, process of creating a caricature of Conan O'Brien. Oh, wow. And uh, this comes from the Smithsonian series and was pointed to me by Comic Related's Chuck Moore. So uh, it's really good. Uh, In-depth thing on his process, how he... Uh, how he spent time with Conan uh, shows di different variations he went through, uh, you know, to get to get the image that he wanted. So uh, it's really worth uh, it's really worth checking out. Then a coloring tutorial by my buddy Brant Brant Fowler of uh, Gonzo Goose Productions. Uh, why I love comics. Uh, one of the people that does. That comic strip, um, he is also venturing into the world of coloring. And he has this coloring tutorial that he gives out on the process that he learned in uh, learning how to color by uh, Lisa Moore, also taught him how to color. And uh, he's using kind of the process that she goes by. So check it out, especially if you're a fan of the comic strip. Uh, even if you're not, it's a really good coloring tutorial. Uh, let's see. Beyond that, we have uh, a little thing called Adventures in Digital Comics, a two-video series. I don't know why the pictures are black, though. That worries me a little. But uh, um, the digital comics phenomena is uh, becoming more and more important as uh, time goes on. So definitely check those out. And I'm not sure how far you got before, but I think I'll stop off with Drawing with Centique. Uh, I was just at a convention recently. A uh, gentleman brought his Centique with him. Really nice. Uh, I got to sit there and watch him uh, 
work on it and i was really jealous the whole weekend of it you know just a beautiful machine and uh you know you can do a lot of really cool stuff with it so yep they're nice check that out as well cool so bill what's going on at the uh, sketch magazine um community boards at comic related and on comics mentor uh over on comic related the community uh People are working on, again, working on their portfolios, um, their samples, whether it's penciling or inking, that kind of thing. And it's interesting to watch the progression from the rough idea or the uh, the updates. As uh, Again, I'll use Fred Lang as a because he's working on some Marvel samples right now. He will run some of his pages or run panels or that kind of thing. And to see his insights, and that's one of the things with Sketch Magazine, uh, talking with people about doing, you know, how-tos or tutorials or whatever. I don't want to know just how somebody does something. I want to know why, so that you sort of can get that that it's sort of a learning moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there are several people running those things, and then a couple of people running uh, you know, their own projects and stuff. Uh, updates and uh, previews and things. So it's pretty interesting because I always hit the view new post, whatever is posted since last time I checked in. And uh, that gives me as as far behind as I or out of the loop as I am sometimes that helps keep me going because even with TV stuff or movie stuff to play catch up. Right. Um, and on Comics Mentor, you know, we're still, you know, I'm still doing the encouraging thing, but a couple of people have uh, emailed me about looking at their samples and giving their, giving my uh, quick thoughts on, you know, what they're doing, where they need to work, um, how's it looking so far, that kind of thing. So, again, I'm always open to that. Uh, I just did yesterday. I, I got back from church yesterday and uh, looked at the the guy's samples and uh george uh, shout out to george i looked through his samples gave him some stuff turns out that you know he's been going to shows he just went to a convention and what i said resonated with what somebody else had said and that sort of clicked with him um because i give my i look at what he did and said well this is maybe what i would do with that uh, sort of punch it up because I think you really need to challenge yourself. Sometimes, sometimes you can play it too safe, and not just George, but other people that I've seen. They'll tell a story, but it's a very straight. Uh, to you know, this happens. This happens. This happens. This happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, too many straight-on views. Too many uh, mid-view shots. So break it up. Um, challenge yourself. Find out what you can do, where you can go, because you're. Right now, you're learning your own style, and you know. Let me hear from you. I don't care. Yeah, I'll take a look. I'll I'll give you my thoughts. And like I said, it's my opinion. So if you don't like it, I mean, you're, you don't ever have to agree with me. Um, but hopefully, I give you something to think about. So. So. It's me. That's cool. Um, let's see. Give a shout-out to Blue Line Pro. Shipped out a lot of products and got some cool stuff in here recently. We will be – let's see. Yeah, this is going live tomorrow. So this coming weekend, 
uh, Mike and I will be at Motor City Con, um, set up somewhere, hopefully at the beginning, Artist Alley. Um, we'll have Blue Line there, a bunch of supplies. I have Clay'sway there, so you hear us talk about Clay'sway and stuff, stop by, check it out. Um, and then uh, just finish setting up Heroes Con. So if you're a Heroes Con, please give us a shout out. Um, I will be there again with maybe the family and uh, Mike and we'll have Blue Line and Clay's way there. So I've been busy setting up conventions. Derby Con, we'll mention it I'm sure as we get closer to it. Um, in Louisville, that's sort of close to you guys. So um, a lot of stuff happening. So, um, John, how can they get a hold of you? Three ways to reach me. John at sketchmagazine.net comicrelated.com or sequentialsupport.com Bill, how can I find you? They can email me directly at comicsmentor at gmail.com which is how George got a hold of me um, or through this podcast mm-hmm. or go to the Comic Related Forum join up. That's right. Share. Um, you can reach all three of us just like the persons who started off this podcast did at podcast at sketchmagazine.net So, um, guys, appreciate it. It's been a good one. Cool. Thank you.